0: Welcome to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church.
1: No matter where you are on life's journey.
0: No matter what you believe or doubt. No matter how much or how little you have.
1: No matter your race, gender, or immigration status.
0: And no matter whom you love. You are beloved, belong, belong. Are welcome.
2: We say these words
0: every Sunday to remind ourselves that even though the world sometimes places
3: limits on belovedness or worth,
4: God, God doesn't.
3: It. So, friends, welcome. Good morning, friends. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Donna Pritchard. I'm the pastor here. And this is Nora Carlson. I'm the lay liturgist today. Welcome. It is a delight to be together on this beautiful, sunny summer morning. And I would invite you to uh, let us know of your presence here and particularly any prayer concerns that you may have by using the Connect card. It's a QR code in your bulletin, and there probably are a few of the physical cards and the pews as well. And we want to welcome all of those of, who, of you who are worshiping online this morning as well. Let's turn around and say hello to our friends hello. online. Welcome. And now my friends, if you would rise in body or spirit for the call to worship.
2: A love that never ceases. A creativity Creativity that that designed designed the universe. universe. A hope that cannot be quenched.
3: A pursuit of reconciliation reconciliation, no no matter matter the
2: cost. cost. These are the things that are God. So So we come come joyful, joy-filled to worship. worship. So welcome one another and prepare once more to share God's love enjoy.
3: And yes, we do want to welcome one another with our traditional greeting of passing the peace of Christ. As we gather on the ancestral lands of the Coast Salish peoples, we want to reconcile our hearts to God and one another with signs of peace, a handshake, a hug, a gesture of peace, whatever you are most comfortable with. The peace of Christ be with you all. And
4: also.
1: and everything
0: everyone my name is lisa and i'm here to do children's time and i'm really hoping there's some kids out there hi welcome come on thank you for running oh my gosh are you excited to be here today yeah maybe all of you guys can sit on the floor out here cuz i have some things to show you and i want to make sure everybody can see okay hi good morning good morning good morning friends how are you Good, you all look very bright and happy today. Good morning. So today, good morning, thanks for joining us friends. Okay, today we're gonna talk about one of my favorite words. And one of my favorite words is the word joy. We just sang a little bit about joy and read about it in our call to worship. Does anybody know what joy means? Yes? To be happy. To be happy, yes. And there's lots of things ca- that can make us happy and I'm gonna ask you all about that in just a couple minutes, okay? But in thinking this week, cause Pastor Donna asked me if I would do the children's moment a few days ago and I thought, how should I talk about joy with all my friends here this morning? And I thought about joy in two different ways. The first way I thought of is we have joy when things happen to us. Like we go to the zoo, or we have a birthday, or we get to be with our friends, right? Those are things that happen to us. Christmas. <laughs> but there's also, what's that? Where's my sister? I know that's your sister, I can tell. You guys look alike. The other kind of joy that I've noticed is things we notice. So let's pretend that you're out in your backyard and you're playing with a ball. And you're throwing the ball maybe to somebody else, and they're throwing it back to you. And you're paying attention to that ball because why? You want to catch it, exactly. But maybe there are beautiful flowers in your garden. And if you're busy playing ball, maybe you don't notice the flowers in your garden. So you might take a minute and get a little bit quiet and look around your garden and go, I've never noticed how beautiful that flower is right there. That gives me joy. So that's another kind of joy. So you guys are all probably wondering what in the world is in this blue bag. If you guys sit down there, you'll be able to see better. Do you want to do that? Maybe your sister can come with you. Okay, so I, first I have a couple pictures I wanna show you and I wanna see if you know what this is. Has anybody ever seen this? Yes. Exactly, so this is called a gas gauge and it's in probably all your parents' cars, I sure hope so anyway. And what is this gauge telling me about the gas, that it's full? How do you know that? It's more toward the F. You're totally right. So now this one's going to be pretty easy. What do you think this gas gauge is showing? Yes. It's empty. What happens when you have an empty gas tank? You do, and sometimes you might even get stuck someplace because your car won't even run anymore. But I think your parents are all smart enough to go get gas before it's totally empty, right? Okay, so now I have some things I want to show you. And you're going to wonder, what in the world is she doing here with... This is a bowl of lentils. And you can see that these lentils... Let me open it without spilling it. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you. So this bowl of lentils is, we're gonna do it in just a minute, okay? You're jumping the gun a little. Yeah, we'll do it in just a second, okay, honey? Can you sit down for a second? Thank you. So I have a bowl of lentils here and I'm pretending that lentils are sort of like gas. Okay, I know that sounds really weird. So, when you have you ever heard somebody say fill up your own tank with joy? Have you ever heard that before? Has anybody in the congregation ever heard that before? Yeah, lots of lots of grown-ups have heard that. And what that means is it's really important in our life to have joy because that's what keeps us strong and that's what keeps us having good balance, and looking at life in a positive way. So I'm going to pretend that this, ba- this uh, thing of lentils is joy. And actually, I'm going to put it in this thing so it doesn't spill. <laughs> oh, actually, I'm going to put it in this thing so it doesn't spill. Okay, so one at a time, I'm going to ask everybody for a turn. You can come up here, think of something that gives you joy, and then I want you to take this little cup, stick it in the lentils, and put it in this other cup, okay? Would you like to go first? You want? And it's okay if you don't want to, that's totally fine. Okay, do you want to tell me something that makes, gives you joy? No, okay, that's totally fine, honey. You can go last, okay. Would you like to come up and do something with joy? Yeah, come on. Or I'll do it for you. Would you like me to do it for you? Or do you want to do it yourself? Okay, come on up. Okay, take this little cup, stick it in here, fill it up. Try not to spill. (laughs) I was trying to find something at home last night I could use, and this is all I could think of. Okay, tell me something that gives you joy.
1: Playing video games. Playing
0: video games. Put it in my joy cup here. Okay, look, we already, thank you. Thank you, that was a great one. We already have some joy, right? Okay, would you like to go next? You wanna come up and put some lentils in this cup? Okay, stick it in there, real carefully. Okay, okay. Great, thank you, and what gives you joy? Being at church. Being at church? Oh, Pastor Donna is so happy to hear that. That's awesome. OK, do you want to go next? <laughs> Fill it up in the little cup. You guys are being so careful. And then pour it in the big cup. OK, and what gives you joy?
4: Playing with my brother.
0: Praying, playing with your brother. That is so cool. Would you like to come up now? Now it's your turn. Okay. And can you take this little cup and very carefully get some lentils and put them in the big cup? And what gives you joy? Playing with my sister. Playing with your sister. Thank you. That was a great turn. And now would your sister like to come up? Okay. Can you fill up our joy cup a little bit more? And then pour it in there. And what gives you joy?
1: Playing with my sister.
0: Playing with your sister, too. You like to play together. That's awesome. So look, friends, we're already filling up our cup of joy, right? And in the Bible, David, you know, he wrote the Psalms. They were like the songs they used to sing back in those days. Same David that was like David and Goliath. Have you ever heard that story? David often said, the joy of the Lord is my strength. So it's really important for us to look around when things happen to us that give us joy, or when we just notice something that gives us joy. And the more joy you have, the stronger you are inside yourself. Does that make sense? Okay. would you all pray pray with me, please? Dear God, thank you so much for these amazing kids. We pray that you will bless their day and open their eyes to all the joy that's around them, both in things that happen to them and in things that they notice. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can go back. And I'll try not to...
3: like to give just a brief word of introduction to the scripture, which Claudia will read for us today. She'll be reading Psalm 19 in its entirety, even though I'm actually only preaching on the first part. But let me tell you just a little bit about this psalm. As you know, undoubtedly, The book of Psalms is perhaps the most human of all the books in the Bible. In it, you will find virtually every human emotion expressed. There is gratitude and thanksgiving, wonder and awe, peace and distress, fear and anger and everything in between. The Psalms don't sugarcoat or pull any punches about human life or our relationship with God. No wonder the book of Psalms has often been described as the prayer book of the Bible. Originally, these were written as songs to be sung or liturgy to be recited in corporate worship. Now, we will hear today a very familiar psalm, Psalm 19, which begins on a cosmic level. The heavens are telling the glory of God. And then it progressively narrows to conclude with the human heart. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O God. Beginning with creation, the psalmist then moves on to extol the value of God's instruction and the importance of living that instruction. And the psalmist makes it plain that not only is God the creative power behind the cosmos, God is also near at hand, desiring a relationship with each of us as individuals. This is a celebration of the glory of God to which we are all invited and welcomed guests. Let's listen now as Claudia reads the scripture for us. Good morning, church.
5: My name is Claudia Carr. Please rise in whatever ways are meaningful to you for the reading of the scripture. The scripture lesson today is the reading of Psalm 19 in the Common English Bible Version. Heaven is is declaring God's glory. The sky is proclaiming his handiwork. One day gushes the news to the next and one night informs another what needs to be known. Of course, there's no speech, no words. Their voices can't be heard, but their sound extends throughout the world. Their words reach the ends of the earth. God has made a tent in heaven for the sun. The sun is like a groom coming out of his honeymoon suite, like a warrior It thrills at running its course. It rises in one end of the sky. Its circuit is is complete at the other. Nothing escapes its heat. The Lord's instruction is perfect, reviving one's very being. The Lord's laws are faithful, making naive people wise. The Lord's regulations are right, gladdening the heart. The Lord's commands are pure, giving light to the eyes. Honoring the Lord is correct, lasting forever. The Lord's judgments are true. All of these are righteous. They are more desirable than gold, than tons of pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, even dripping off the honeycomb. No doubt about it, your servant is enlightened by them. There is great reward in keeping them. But can anyone know what they've accidentally done wrong? Clear me of any unknown sin and save your servant from willful sins. Don't let them rule me. Then I'll be completely blameless. I'll be innocent of great wrongdoing. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks Thanks be be to God. Please join in singing the hymn of preparation.
1: She
3: Please be seated. Grace and peace to you from God and from Jesus Christ, who calls us together this day. The hymn of joy, which you may know as, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee. You can almost hear it, can't you? <laughs> this is actually a poem written by Henry Van Dyck in 1907 with the intention of setting it to the famous Ode to Joy, the melody of the final movement of Beethoven's Symphony Number no. 9. Van Dyke pointed to the Berkshire Mountains as inspiration for his poem and later wrote this about the hymn. These verses, he said, are simple expressions of common Christian feelings and desires in this present time. Hymns of today that may be sung together by people who know the thought of the age and are not afraid that any truth of science will destroy religion or any revolution on earth will overthrow the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, this is a hymn of trust and joy and hope. Well, the second verse of that hymn seems to echo the psalmist words which we heard today. And that verse goes like this, All thy works with joy surround thee, Earth and heaven reflect thy rays. Stars and angels sing around thee, center of unbroken praise. Field and forest, vale and mountain, flowery meadow, flashing sea, chanting bird and flowing fountain, call us to rejoice in thee. It's almost like Lisa read this, this hymn before she figured out the children's sermon. <laughs> Amen, sister! <laughs> so I'm wondering about this concept of joy the psalmist and the poet both point to. What does it mean to have joy all around us? It is not the same as happiness, though it may feel somewhat similar. And it is not exactly synonymous with delight, nor is it entirely defined by pleasure, enjoyment, gladness, elation, or thrill. While joy may encompass some or all of these experiential states, it goes beyond them all. It is deeper than happiness, broader than delight, more meaningful than pleasure, more constant than elation, more grounded than thrill and more connected than gladness. Of all the definitions and descriptions of the word joy, which by the way, appears 88 times in 22 books of the Hebrew scriptures and 57 times in 18 New Testament books. The definition of the word that I like best is this one. Joy is a state of mind and an orientation of the heart. It is a state of mind which persists even in days of grief, even in times of pastoral transition or in moments of uncertainty, or in seasons of change of all kinds. Joy persists because it is not determined nor dependent upon external circumstances. But it is a state of mind which is able to see creativity happening in the midst of chaos. It is a state of mind able to recognize possibility in the face of challenges and able always to hang on to the promise of life beyond death. It is a state of mind characterized by openness and flexibility and hope. Barbara Kingsolver once wrote, The very least you can do in your life is to figure out what you hope for. And the most you can do is live inside that hope. Not admire it from a distance, but live right in it under its roof. My friends, that is a lot of what we are doing as we are engaging together in this conversation around strategic planning. We are together as a body, figuring out what we are hoping for. And then together, we will live inside that hope, not just admire it from a distance, but live right in it under its roof. That is what it means to live joyfully in an open state of mind and with a heart aligned with God. The psalmist points the way to such an alignment suggesting the heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of God's hands. I remember well one of my first nights living in Alaska. It was early February and friends had convinced me to go on an overnight cross-country ski trip to a cabin at the edge of a frozen lake in the wilderness outside of Anchorage. Now, I remember being exhausted by the time we got to the cabin. We had been skiing for about three or four hours, sometimes needing to break trail through fresh snow. It was hard work. And when we finally arrived, I was the first one to quickly shed my skis, my parka, my hat, my gloves, and gratefully to collapse into the first chair I found. So it took some considerable convincing when they excitedly urged me to come back outside, back into the parka and the hat and the gloves and the skis. When we got to the middle of the frozen lake, my breath caught in my throat as the northern lights flickered over our heads. I had never seen anything in my life quite like that. Energized particles from the sun slamming into Earth's upper atmosphere at speeds of up to 45 million miles per hour. and Earth's magnetic field protecting us, redirecting the particles toward the poles, and transforming them into a cinematic atmospheric phenomenon to fascinate us all. Let me tell you, there is nothing like the aurora borealis to orient one's heart, to align it with God's presence and power in creation. Joy is all around us. It's hard not to recognize the glory of God that is made manifest in nature. Barbara Brown Taylor puts it eloquently when she writes, To lie with my back flat on the fragrant summer ground is to receive a transfusion of the same power that makes the green blade rise. To remember I am dirt and to dirt I shall return is to be given my life back again. I think Jesus understood and experienced the joy all around him. When he wanted to tell us about God's care for us, he said, look at the birds, they neither sow nor reap. And when he wanted to teach us to relax, to stop worrying about every little thing in our lives, he said, consider the lilies. They neither toil nor spin, yet Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Maybe there is a reason so much of the gospel story takes place out of doors. On mountaintops and beside lakes, in vineyards and orchards, on riverbanks and in pastures, It's as if the Gospel writers wanted to remind us that the glory of God found in the natural world offers us more than simply the means of survival. It offers us joy, an opening of the mind, and an aligning of the heart. It helps to put this alignment into perspective when we remember we have been computer literate, some of us more than others, for only a single generation. We have been workers in office buildings for three or four generations. Yet we were farmers for 500 generations. And before that, hunter-gatherers for maybe 50,000 or more generations, living with the natural world and understanding ourselves to be a part of it. So when it comes to living out your faith, when it comes to experiencing the life and the love which God is constantly working to bring into you. Virtual reality just will not do. The Bible is incredibly down to earth in teaching us how to have a relationship with God, how to follow Jesus, and how to embody joy that is both a state of mind and and orientation of the heart. Eugene Peterson puts it this way in his paraphrase of today's psalm, the revelation of God is whole and pulls our lives together. The signposts of God are clear, pointing out the right road the life maps of God are right, showing the way to joy. The directions for living found in God's commandments and in Jesus' teachings, they are not meant to be simply studied from afar. They are meant to be put into practice in real, everyday life even in the days or the nights when we fall exhausted by physical, emotional, or spiritual work. They are meant to be put into practice, even when we cannot predict the movement of God's spirit any more than we can totally understand the flicker and flow of the Northern Lights. The teachings of Christ are meant to be put into practice even if it means getting up out of your comfortable resting place of ignorance or the closed mind of apathy to go back out into the cold of uncertainty and the reality of a world in great need of care. Nadia Boltz Weber suggests we can grieve our dead. We can lament and fight and struggle. We can register our complaints, but let it all be based in a relationship with actual reality. Because actual reality is the only place where actual joy is to be found. If joy is delayed until a preferred future comes about, we set ourselves up for despair. But if there is hope in this day, if there is joy in this reality, this life, this body, this heart, then we certainly will prevail. To be a person of faith is to put yourself along with your faith into practice for real every day of your life. That is what it means to align your heart with God's heart and to keep a state of mind where joy is really all around us. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us pray. Your work, O God, is glorious. You light up the sunrise and spread out the sunset. You place the distant stars throughout the universe and kindle the sun to warm the earth. There is no work as wonderful as yours, O Holy One. Nothing on earth compares with your craftsmanship. Yet in your inscrutable wisdom, you have created human beings as workers, as those who uniquely bear your divine image. We are honored to share in your divine work, helping this world to be fruitful, guarding it from damage, And distress. We are blessed to follow Jesus' example, loving our neighbors, listening for their concerns, ministering to their needs, even while we are honest about our own concerns. We lift to you today, all in this community who are grieving the loss of a loved one or the loss of a job, an opportunity, a home, a dream. Comfort them with the assurance of life beyond death and hope beyond despair. We pray for those who are ill or suffering from anxiety, loneliness, or confusion. Strengthen them with your presence. Remind them they are never alone. And help us, O God, to be faithful workers for the gospel of Christ, that we might reflect your image and in some small way, reflect your truth, your beauty, your love and your joy. In the name of the one who came, that our lives might be abundant and our joy full, even Jesus the Christ, we pray as he taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done,
2: I invite us into a time of giving. The offering plate will be passed in the sanctuary and I encourage you to be generous as God has been generous to us. If you are not online, you may give in two ways. Online using the Give link button at the top right corner or via mail. In order to give online, please go to edmundsumc.org give. If you wish to give via mail, please send checks to 828 Casper Street, Edmonds, Washington, 98020. Thank you. of grace and great wonders, we join with you in the joy of giving. You give us life and breath. You fill the world with beauty, our hands with bounty, and our hearts with the desire to give. Bless these gifts and ourselves in your service. May it be so. Amen.
3: I have a few announcements for us this morning. Last week you heard me talk about the need for volunteers. And I have to tell you, the strength of this community was made evident to me by the number of folks who right away responded, don't stop. Please keep it up, and uh, if you would like to volunteer to be a lay liturgist, as uh, Nora so aptly uh, modeled for us today, uh, that's an opportunity, and uh, you don't necessarily have to write anything yourself, though you can if you want. Lovely offertory blessing, Nora. Excellent job. Uh, And also, if you would like to serve as a scripture reader, that's another opportunity for you. If you would like to uh, participate in our music ministry, if you would like to help with children or youth in some way. Uh, It was very gratifying that a number of people, even just last week, said, well, give me a background check form. I can help. Uh, So there are lots of opportunities. Um, We still need help in the office. Um, because we are without an office uh, receptionist. And if you can drive uh, and would like to help with the van ministry, we particularly need help on uh, the 30th of July and the 6th of August. And you can see Daryl, who's waving in the back, if you can help with that very important ministry. Coffee hour is also another place where volunteers are always welcome. So enough for my sales pitch. Um, (laughs) VBS is this week, Vacation Bible School. So would you stand up if you are volunteering in any way with Vacation Bible School? Yes! (laughs) These are the people to pray for this week. It'll be a great week, I know. Um, Also, uh, strategic planning. Um, Many of you have already filled out uh, one of these little green forms that was in the bulletin last Sunday. I made some more copies, but I didn't put them in all the bulletins. So if you've not yet had a chance to get your voice into this beginning conversation, There's a stack of these forms on the welcome table right by the front door, right where the bulletins are, and you can pick one up and just return it at your leisure to the office. You can also find these same questions online and respond to them there. And if you are part of a small group, if you are leading a small group, uh, stop by the Library today, uh, a little a few minutes after coffee hour, and we'll do a very brief orientation on a way to engage your small group in this conversation as well. Our work is to get as much of the congregation involved in this process as possible. The administrative board meets this Tuesday at 6 p.m., so if you are a part of that group, please don't forget about that. And I believe that's it for announcements. Um, Would you now stand and join in the singing of the closing hymn? my friends, let us go out to be God's people in all God's world where joy is all around us and faith is meant for real life every day. May the peace of Christ go with us all. Amen.